Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. See, I've got some more background music. I've got to turn out, turn down my background music in the studio before we go live. All that in the earphones. Happy Wednesday, guys. How are you guys doing Happy this week? Wednesday. Yeah, it's good to see you. Another week. Another crazy weather here, so I apologize we weren't able to go live last week. We had tornadoes here in Ohio last week in, the, oh. in February. So, again, the, the freaky weather occurs here in the United States yet again. Uh, it snowed in Los Angeles. It snowed in Mexico. They had ice in Texas. I'm going to be happy when this crazy winter's over. It's sunshine crazy. and 50 degrees today, so go figure. Anyway, yeah, lots <laughs> to talk about today. Uh, I know this is one that uh, a lot of folks have asked us about. Marketing, marketing, yeah. marketing. How to get a hold of marketing. How to, how to really get that dialed in. So, Tony Edwards, thank you for joining us, Tony. Again, from LinkedIn oh, land. Oh, I'm very, very sorry, but Tony has won the Insta360. Of all the entries, nice. Tony actually won the Insta360. Tony Edwards. Nice. You've made he an shows enemy up and today, he's a winner. You've winner made winner a <laughs> dinner. <laughs> he's not happy about that. <laughs> I'm my own one now. That's awesome. But the good news is I can hand deliver it, which is even better. Saves me postage. Nice. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm sensing yeah, We appreciate uh, the folks tuning in every week. So if you're just joining us and you have questions about this topic, we're going to talk about creative ways to spend $1,000 or 1,000 pounds. I don't know. What, what is that equation? You guys let me know. What does 1,000 US dollars equate to for you guys? 800 pounds. Oh, sorry, 800, all the way around, yeah. <laughs> all right. pounds, because I had Kaylee doing the maths today. Because gotcha. we were like putting all the numbers together going, you've got $1,000, that's 845 pounds. There you go. So we're going to talk about creative ways to do that as an MSP. Uh, this topic came up a few weeks ago, and I thought we would dedicate an entire episode to talking about this. Uh, I think it's important. Uh, I see a lot of... A lot of people will spend two grand, twenty five hundred dollars, three grand, or you know, three grand a month, and get zero results from marketing. And it breaks my heart every time I see it. People going three, four, five, six months like that, spending twenty thousand dollars and getting nothing in return. So hopefully, this will give you some ideas that you can try for a thousand bucks or eight hundred pounds. Um, so I'm going to throw that out there. We will just get that ball rolling. Whoever wants to jump on that first. I, I've got so many ideas, but I don't want to, I don't want to trample on Pete because my honest answer is um, it's, it's one of these. Here, let's, let's it's, zoom in it's, there. It's, it's there we go. These. And it's uh, some, some of these. There we go. A little lab mic. Um, my, my honest answer is uh, a Sony ZV-1F for about 550 pounds. Um, a ring light rather than these fancy Elgato lights that I've got here for about 25 pounds off Amazon, a Rode microphone pack and a lav, and in total in dollars, about $968. And the reason I say that is that if you start making simple videos, right, like with a camera like this and a basic light and good sound quality microphone, and you start putting that on LinkedIn and you start putting it on YouTube, yes, you might only get 50 views or you might get 100 views. And that doesn't seem like a lot in the grand scheme of you know Pete and some of the amazing videos that he gets with hundreds of thousands of views, right? But I can also tell you that we spent 
just shy of £5,000 sponsoring an event right here in Leeds that was a cybersecurity event where I did a headline speaking slot. And in the audience were maybe 40 or 50 people. And we had some great conversations. It was, it was lovely, but that was a one-time thing that cost us a lot of money and we didn't generate any leads from it. It was a great opportunity. It sounded like a great opportunity and a good investment of, of money. But when I compare 5,000 to 1,000 and I make a piece of content that sits on LinkedIn or YouTube and it's evergreen, it can, you know, it can bring things in. And again, we looked back at our one video around Teams voice calling that we made and it's six minutes long um, and it's way over 18 months old now. Um, and we can point to that and show one client that signed up from that, watching that video twice, who's since spent 90,000 with us. So in terms of return on investment for one six minute video that, that we'd forgotten about, if I'm honest, they phoned up and said, Hey, oh, I watched one of your videos and, uh, you know, you clearly know this stuff better than we do. If you've got a thousand, this, this, this is, this is your shopping list right here. There's not a lot to it right? Make some videos, put the content out there. I know that sounds easy, but I just wanted to get in there first because I know, Pete, I'm sorry if that's trampling on your toes, but I'm sure you're going to say video. <laughs> no, not not at all, actually, because oh, video for me is... Oh, like, wow. I mean, I mean, firstly, that's awesome because that's that just preaches exactly what I've been trying to say to a lot of people for a very long time, that, you know, small investments in, in doing video and in the gear and stuff can obviously pay off very, very well later down the line as well. And, um, but it's such a hard push for a lot of people because video is like, oh, I hate myself. I hate my voice. I hate what I look like on camera and like the lighting and like coming up to what to say. Like there's a whole, I, I'm, I launched my, um, video marketing masterclass thing last year and we're just about to relaunch it as like a self-paced thing. But, um, I think for me, for like the, the first thing I would say for a lot of MSPs, I'd actually go to the website as one of the first things because some of the websites I see are shocking, like, and, and the main problem being stock footage and stock images is like the biggest thing I see. Um, like you can spend all the money in the world of like social and media and video and all those kind of things. And then if you have a website that has stock images and even stock videos in some cases where you're just putting a voiceover on top of stock stock videos, it just kills any form of personality or connection you get with the prospect. And so I think that's like not even spending the thousand, but spending one or 200 on a photographer to come in for a day and um, you know, get them for a few hours, get them to bring one of those infinity white backdrop things with them so you can stand in all sorts and they can cut you out from them. But just literally bring you all your staff into that place and just take shots of you wearing a coat or not wearing a coat, wearing a Christmas jumper, wearing Easter bunny ears or like with a laptop, with an iPad and you can you know Photoshop some funny things onto it each time or just holding heavy boxes. Just I, and I, I shot a video about this earlier today, but think of every season of the year and think of everything you do in your business whether that's like delivering projects answering the phones winning business losing business, just everything you're doing and just try and capture that in a photo and you can literally get like a decade's worth of photos in that one photo session like i, I still have photos it's it feels horribly cringy but i still see photos of me like 10 years younger with my little blonde stripe I used to have down my hair that's still used in like some of my material and no one really notices the difference. Um, maybe that means because I haven't aged that much, it's quite nice. Um, but that all came from spending a hundred pounds on a photographer like 10 years ago. So I just don't see why people won't do that. But instead they'll spend the time and go, okay, we're gonna sign up for a stock imagery website or just find something that 
looks professional of people you know the people with a i don't know with a blowtorch trying to fix a computer or you know all those kind of things that we see from time to time just yeah that, that's such an easy thing to fix and just people don't do it so that's yeah what my first thing i would say for, for today is just don't use any stock photography on your website that's, that's brilliant yeah. we spent um 150 pounds i think so 200 dollars call it on having a photographer come in and so all the all the pictures on our website are, are us as as handsome and beautiful as we all are but we're all there and it's real people right and i think you're right it's, it's a really good point um i i i often think as well like we didn't focus on the website for a long time because we would look at the stats and no one was coming there so we were like where, where can we prioritize getting ourselves in front of people? Um, and that's where we chose to just jump down the LinkedIn route and try and just get as much stuff on there or YouTube. Um, and now that we've got a bit more of a uh, attraction and people do actually come to the website or thanks to Andrew's amazing idea of actually having some landing pages with some giveaway content that are just sort of evergreen. Um, actually now, you know, spending that money and that time on the website makes a, a huge difference. So uh, yeah, 100% get, get yourself some real photos of you and the team. Yeah, and then it just level it builds up by that, adding video onto those pages. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely, like put video onto it. it yeah. And it builds congruency. Like if I come to your LinkedIn page or, you know, I go to your website and then I meet you in person, it, it's just, it's a disconnect. Like everything that we do about this business is trust. We're asking people to yeah. give us their data, let us take care of it, and we're asking for thousands of dollars to support them. Like it's yeah. the trust gap is huge. It's that so, old yeah, adage, that, isn't it? People yeah. doing business with people they know, like, and trust. And if they go to your website and see sharp-dressed businessman looking interestingly at business lady, and sometimes the alt tags are not changed, are they, from those stacks? So it will literally say that on the image. It puts people <laughs> off because they want to see the real person uh, behind it. I think when I saw this question, Andrew, you know, what would you spend $1,000 on? My mind immediately jumped to what wouldn't I spend $1,000 on? Because there's a, a tendency, isn't there, for, for MSPs? And Scott, you've talked about this before, chasing shiny objects. Oh, we're going to use AI. Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. So I, uh, it's International Women's Day uh, today, and I interviewed a remarkable uh, young lady called Sarah Turner, who's uh, the um, head of marketing at a company called IT Backbone, uh, an MSP uh, based down in Kent. And that'll be on my podcast coming out soon. But the, the thing that I wanted to get across to people, and, and Sarah was uh, IT Backbone with the winner of the MSP Awards by Super Ops, um, for the most innovative marketing campaign. Uh, and when I asked her, like, what was the secret source behind this campaign? Uh, and to paraphrase Sarah, she said consistency. So they didn't do direct mail. They didn't do email. They didn't do telephone. They did all of those things in the campaign. And this is such a powerful way to do marketing, a joined up approach uh, towards it. Because so many MSPs I speak to, and they say, oh, we tried direct mail, it doesn't work for us or we tried email marketing, doesn't work for us, or we tried cold calling, doesn't work for us. So what, have you tried them all in a unified campaign? Ah, so when it comes to what I'd spend the money on, I would take Sarah's advice there and say, absolutely, you can spend you know a bit on each of these, on the tools in each of the different areas, but don't try and do them in isolation uh, because, you know, it, Emily, I, I can't remember what the statistics say. In my day, it used to be like seven touch points uh, before people take you, you know, sort of seriously or whatever. Pete, I think you were saying it's, I can't remember how many is it, like 900 or something now? Um, but the point is you've got to have that joined up approach, haven't you, towards all your different marketing efforts. Yeah. And I, I know that number sways wildly. Um, 
Fatima, uh, Satima Fowler, who uh, worked for I- Iconic, which now got bought. I was with her, um, you know, a decade ago in a, in a uh, peer group. And she, she, she was very good about that unified approach. And she tracked it. 27 for her business in her market before somebody would actually take the initiative and reach out. But she had wow. the data. So, yeah, it, it's, it's a wild swing. But, yeah, consistency is, is definitely uh, a, a part of it. So we'll answer a couple the- questions here. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, Pete. Uh, so I don't get too far. Ben Snyder asked, what Sony was that that Scott was using? Uh Ben, this is the Sony Z1. Um, It is about 650 pounds right now, but there is a newer model, which is the Sony Z1F, and it's actually 100 pounds cheaper. So I would recommend you go and get that one. It is much more improved for for video logs or vlogging. Sorry, I'll get the term right. Um, And actually just connecting up, it's it's a lot easier to use. So get yourself a Sony Z1V1F. Perfect. Yeah, I've got, I've got the ZV1 that I'm using at the moment. Um, yeah, me too. That's what this is on. We have we have Scott, two of these. Recommend them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, look. Yeah. Perfect. Not an MSP show brought to you in conjunction with Sony. <laughs> Guess what? Guess what, guys? I have a Canon. <laughs> ah, I want to this side. And the yeah. rebel in the group, my wife's a photographer, so <laughs> yeah. Scott's gone. <laughs> I've walked out. <laughs> yeah, but I think, you know, that that's super important. You know, Paul Lloyd, thanks for joining us. He said, uh, make sure that the message across the platforms is consistent. Doesn't cost a lot. Um, and I think, you know, let's kind of go back and talk a little bit about, uh, I, I love that point you made, Pete, with the stock images and the, and again, that uniform consistency across social media platforms so that people can connect and resonate uh, if that's where you started, like, I don't, I don't, I'm with you. I don't think it's going to cost them more than a couple hundred bucks for somebody to come in and take some high quality photos. Um, um, anything else that you would layer on there, uh, as far as website, social media consistency that you think that people could spend that wouldn't take a whole lot. Yeah. The, so think- the website specifically for me, I think it's above the fold. Because like, and, and I've run like Hotjar and stuff on my own website when I had an MSP, my own websites now and like multiple other MSP websites. Like most people don't scroll down in a website. So first yeah. of all, focus on the above the fold. Make sure you've got a contact phone number in that above the fold section on every page so someone can phone you straight away. And also it should be like so, some random stranger should be able to hit your page and know within five seconds what you do. If, if you, they can't tell you what you do as a business within five seconds, then your messaging is wrong on the website. There should be a tagline or some form of like IT for business or, or something up there to show people yeah. that they're in the right place. And um, there are so many websites where I'll sit there and, be, you know, they, they use all the all the buzzwords and you still can't sit there and go, I literally have no idea what you're on about. Like, yes, there's technology ai something something but you just need it bright as day um and actually referring back to this as video content because this also relates to video content which i've been aware of recently so um someone analyzed like mr beast's videos and mr beast is like this massive youtube creator he's like one of the biggest on the platforms and admittedly he does make like fun videos of like let's blow something up or fill this shopping center with the biggest number of whatever it is 
but someone analyzed the scripts in his video and they were written to a stage where like even I think it was something like a five-year-old or a seven-year-old could understand what was being spoken. And I think that applies a lot in marketing as well. Don't, don't try and confuse people with buzzwords. Just stick to the basics. Keep your language simple and easy and clear to understand. Um, and that doesn't cost much at all. I mean, you could potentially say that's a copywriter if you want to pay for someone to do that as well. But um, even then, just trying to save money, just you don't have to spend the money. Just, just spend a bit of time just going through your website. Do the test. Pull a friend in and see if they can tell you what your website says about you, and then just tweet the text on the on the website. Really, so that's that's pretty my next go tos for the website. Yeah, and the subject right. of the website. Sorry, Scott, go ahead. No, no, you talk. I'm going to eat a biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on a fast day today, people, and Scott's teasing me with his uh, biscotti biscuits that he's doing. So if you hear some rumbling, it's either my teeth gnashing or my stomach going at the same time. But what I was going to say, further to, to Pete's point, you're absolutely right. So much stuff that you can do for free with a website. But if we're talking about spending $1,000, uh, I would take a portion of that money and I would actually reach out to a website, an MSP website expert, somebody like Mark Copeman. Uh, so Mark is a part of the Tech Tribe, and every month he gives away like a website review, but you can buy that service from him. And Mark will come in and he'll record you a video and say, this is what's good, this is what's not good, uh, this is what you need to improve. And it gives you a list of, of easily you know, addressable issues that you can deal with on your website. I can't remember how much Mark charges for that, but let's say it's between 150 and 300 pounds, something like that. Money well spent from somebody who absolutely understands you know, uh, what world-class MSP websites look like. So I'd definitely spend the money there. And again, you know, part of my whole MO would be I wouldn't try and work everything out for myself. I would pay experts to come in and give me uh, the information that I needed to absolutely accelerate fast track to where I needed to be in all aspects of my business, really. Yeah, I don't, See, I don't think it's Here is where I slightly disagree, I think, actually. I was going to say, I slightly disagree with Richard because I found that not allowed, if you Pete. go to the expert, oh, sorry, it's not allowed. We're not allowed to disagree on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say, and the, and the reason why I disagree is, I think if you go to the experts, you'll start spending a lot of money very quickly. And this is like the, the Scott mentioned last or week before last, like going to the PR experts, and you can spend like a couple of grand a month, and then it kind of disappears. And you go to a, right. a web, website's a bit different because you need to have someone to build the website and copywriters and those kind of things. Um, but my my approach has always been I, I think it's better to build it in-house yourself like particularly with marketing i would say specifically because i feel yeah. that the younger generation that are coming through with marketing like who are doing you know studying marketing and doing business degrees and those kind of things through college and universities i feel they have a better grasp and handle on what things are um rather than the i guess the old school version which is, which are just traditional email direct mail and the kind of those kind of kind of approaches they do work i wouldn't disagree a lot of money very quickly i definitely wouldn't disagree but where i would do uh, like uh, so mark for instance if you get his website review service <laughs> it's um it's an expert coming in and telling you what you need to do so they're not necessarily going to implement uh, from there. So I'm not talking about paying experts, PR and everything else, but bringing somebody in who says, based on what you've got here, here's an audit and here's where you need to go forward. So I think we are in agreement on that. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah, I'll, I'll concede. <laughs> yeah, and I think, playing you know, a lot of people want to start at like Google ads and stuff, but they don't realize that like that, that traffic that you're going to capture has to go back somewhere. And, and it, I, you know, 
And I think your your website, whatever the landing page is, because I've seen people spend you know twenty five hundred dollars on Google Ads that come back and they land on the home page of your website, right? And they get nothing for that. You know what I mean? Because then the then whoever's landing on that has to figure out, am I in the right place? Did I click on the right link? So if I clicked on something that got my attention in cybersecurity and then I land on your website homepage and it says you do tech support, like it's just, yeah. So I think, you know, spending that time there on, on your, on your website, or even if it's just a landing page, having a quality landing page that you can use if you elevate it at some point to using ads, uh, because that's come up three times in the last week about, People ask me, is organic traffic on LinkedIn better than ads, running ads? And I think organic is the best way to go, especially for nimble MSPs, because you're going to, you know, it's a super expensive. It's much more expensive to have LinkedIn ads than Facebook or Google ads. So you got to make sure that you're telling the right message and that when people click that ad, that you're taking them to some place that's going to answer that question a question and allow them to take that next step. And I think that's the gap that I see a lot of people missing there. A couple of things I want to mention there. You mentioned like obviously people landing on the website. Um, I've seen a very, very clear um, distinction on the MSPs, which again, focusing on the above the fold section, if that in the above the fold section, you then take them to the next page you want them to go to. So for example, we you know a typical browsing hit browsing kind of tree would be you land on the homepage, then you go to the About Us page, then maybe go to your Services page, and then go to the Contact Us page. But that's been quite a traditional route that I've seen on most websites I look at. But I only see that if in that above the fold section, you're taking that. And I'm not saying use your, you know, your navigation links at the top. I mean, within the content on that page, you're saying, oh, hey, and by the way, we do this. And there's a hyperlink to the next page that takes them through. Um, that was one right. thing. And the other thing was I've just... Um, I spent about two grand on a an email copywriter and a, like a landing page guy to help me with my landing pages. And if you're taking people to a landing page for, I don't know, an email newsletter or you know, downloadable resource or something, you want to get rid of all the other distractions. Like, don't have your menu at the top because if you're trying to funnel people into downloading your thing or filling in their information or whatever you're doing, you don't want to give them another fifteen different things to click on at the very top of the website. So just focus on like my, my landing pages are literally first name, email address, and that is all they see until they submit the form and then it will take them back to like the main website or something. But those convert much, much higher than embedding the exact same form, but in your normal web page with all the links and all the other stuff as well. So yeah, just those two things I wanted to um, comment more from recent experience. Good advice. Yeah, and I think for sure, and we've talked about that past episodes too, if you're going to have a landing page, don't ask people to submit a book to you if, if with a form, <laughs> like first name, How email address. What's that? Where are you based? What's, what's your company name? How many children have you got? Yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't want to get, you know, how many, how many employees do you have? Like it's, yeah. So I, I run into that a lot because it, it, I mean, think about it. What happens when you land on a page and you just want to, okay, am I doing the te these 10 things right with, you know, marketing? I just want that downloadable resource and you're asking me to give you my biography in a form. Exactly. I'm out. Like I'm, I'm not going to give you I'm all really that information. Intrigued. What about, uh, and, and I guess Pete and Scott, this is uh, perhaps directed uh, for your businesses as well. 
what would happen if you didn't have a gate on your lead magnets? Do you give away any content where people can literally just click on a PDF and download it or, you know, get what they need to without having to give you your email address? What's your thoughts on that? Uh, so we actually have both strategies because we do give away content um, because I like that that is part of building our brand of, of, you know, a team of people who are generous with their information and their knowledge. And so you know, we use that as, as an encouragement to know, like, and trust us. Um, so there are things that you can get for free. There are, you know, guides on, you know, maybe conditional access or security risks or things you can do, yeah, actions you can actually take inside 365 to make yourself, you know, more secure. and. That is, you know, it's not gated. It's just there to be helpful. But what I think is that that builds trust in who we are and the fact that we, you know, we, we happily share and give away. And like when we do like the webinar that we did last week where it's, it's not salesy, it was just us there saying, hey, you know, what to do if your tenant does get breached? Well, here's, you know, five key steps. You know, here's what you should do next. Um, it's not a sales pitch. It's just, it's just an opportunity to get out there. But again, it's making best use of that investment that we have in, in, you know, these things to get in front of people and share some value that they then might come to us. Um, but then we do have the alternative where we have gated content. Um, and it's not, a gen, I'll be honest, it's not necessarily any more valuable, um, but it's if no. we're doing that as part of a targeted follow-up. So, you know, we have a whole process that is, hey, you know, would you like to come to one of our live events? And we'll, and we'll you know, manually invite them through LinkedIn because the algorithm's just garbage at the minute um so we'll manually go and you know message people hey you know you you have been interested in one of these before so do you want to come to another one we're running one um we'll then put them into two piles are they coming are they not coming and then we can have a follow-up stream of that which is did they come did they not come well now we can message them and say hey thanks for coming here's your um your, your link to the recording and here's the, the documents that we talked about if they didn't come we'll still say hey Here's, you know, here's a link to the recording and here's the documents that you missed out on. Come and get them here and then they can pop their email address in. The reason that's good is obviously you don't get a lot of trackability through LinkedIn events of being able to see people's email addresses and getting their contact information and therefore, you know, getting them into a funnel that you can follow up with them on. But it's a really nice way to have a follow up service with them to say, did come, didn't come. Um, and, and especially the people who said, oh, I really can't make it, but I'd love to see the recording. And, and those people are really keen. They want to hear more from you. So definitely get them into a list where you're going to follow up with them. Now, that all sounds really like a lot of hard work and heavy lifting to have those follow-up processes. But actually, once you've mapped it all out and you've decided what the communications would be for each type of person, did come, didn't come, you know, what did come once to see the recording, needs to get a download, all that kind of stuff, you can then ship that out to a VA team and let them do the follow-up from your account so it still feels personal, it's not robotic, but they're taking care of all that personal contact and follow-up and actually getting people into your active campaign or your mailing list so that you then have them in the right segment with the right tags, and now you can follow up with them. Sorry, that was a long-winded answer to your question. No, that made, that made a lot of sense. The reason I asked the question, and now, now that Pete's back, people were thinking we'd fell out, Pete, and you'd just like, come on. <laughs> He's like, I'm uh, out of here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was speaking to some uh, industry influencers this week, and we were comparing like open rates and things of that nature for like email. And I was shocked, actually, um, that how low the open rates were for, for a lot of people, a lot of vendors and things like that. That can be as low as like 15%, whereas ours is like, 
up to 40% sometimes, which is not best in class, but it's doing well. The reason I think that's quite good is we don't gate some of the lead magnets. I've seen this before where people will sign up for a lead magnet, never read the lead magnet. They're signed up for your list and all they're doing is bloating your list and you have to pay more for your active campaign contacts or whatever. So, you know, cleansing your email list is a good one, but I'm not actually convinced anymore unless it's a really, really targeted lead magnet, you know, such as here's how you do such and such in Azure or whatever it might be. If it's one of those broad lead magnets, I'm not actually convinced when people sign up uh, they're actually going to uh, be interested in what you're doing, or indeed read the the, the lead magnet. But I'm intrigued, Pete. What what do you think? Do you do you gate content or not gate content? Oh, this 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 is like a whole thing that flagged up on my uh, <laughs> my LinkedIn last week. I, I got told off for gating content, even though obviously I make free freaking videos for like the last three years. But hey ho, let's not talk about that. Um, <laughs> I think like email marketing, email newsletters. And it's become more of a thing for me recently because I've always had like an email list. I've never really done anything with it. It's, it's always been there. When I remembered to, I'd send like a monthly email and then I'd sometimes forget and just would kind of get left beside the way. Right. But more recently, I've start, started sending a weekly email and more as a, like a, uh, a check-in with myself. When I send the weekly email, I then screenshot the, like, the thing from, so I'm using ConvertKit at the moment which then says, congratulations, your email's about to be sent out to you know, your audience of how many people it is. I'll just screenshot that and post it to, onto my LinkedIn. And I, I kind of like, that's, that's a well done me for doing what I said I do and like, keep, keep going. And right. just by doing that, I've added like 30 people to my list in the last month. And like, I'm, I've not really tried pushing the newsletter any other way. And, and it's not just that one, like I still get people liking the like, two or three months, sorry, two or three weeks ago in terms of what those kind of posts. So it's like, again, like going back to like the compounding interest kind of thing again. If you keep yeah. doing that regularly, people are choosing to sign up and, um, you know, obviously they're choosing to like digest the information that's in there. My open rates are like 50, 60, 70, 80% on some, on some of my weekly emails I send out. Um, I've never had it drop below 50% in terms of open rates. Um, and I've only very, very recently on my my other side of the business, well, my YouTube side of the business, I've been growing my mailing list, but I've been growing it by trying to incentivize people with giveaways, um, which I'm still mm. doing, but that attracts a very different audience of people because they just want the free stuff and they're not interested in what's going on. Yeah. So I've now been going through a process where I go and cleanse my list and basically say, well, if, if your open rate um, you know, as an individual is below like 50% or 40%, then let's just get you off the list because you're obviously not interested in what I have to say. Um, and there's other ways of like, if you haven't opened an email within the last two months, then I can assume you're bored as well. So let's get rid of you off the list at that stage. Yeah. So it just, um, it doesn't fudge your figures. It just means that the people you're talking to are actively engaged and interested. Um, I haven't oh, done yeah, that, that yet on the MSP side, but. It'd be much better to spend, send an email out or anything, uh, a direct mail to 100 people who are actually going to read it and pay attention to mm -hmm. it than send it out to 100,000 people who are not going to yeah. pay any attention to it. That's just vanity, isn't it, where you say, I've got this big email list, but nobody ever opens it or, you know, scatterdash approach. So I really like that. I, I think there's a lot you can do with that as well, because, again, it's something we really didn't do much with um, my MSP in terms of, like, I mean, we could have done a lot better than we did, but... Um, Something I'm trying to do now is do like list exchanges with people, not list exchanges, but hey, if I can advertise on your newsletter, then you can advertise on my newsletter and we can do an exchange. And, um, you know, it's, it's a great way of growing your newsletter by giving yourself out to another audience. And I think yeah, as cool. MSPs, you can easily do that. 
most MSPs probably have a like an accountancy client or a legal client or some client will, which will have a lot of other clients behind it, certainly a big mailing list as well. So just think of something that's mutually beneficial to both of you. Like obviously don't go and say like, hey, we can advertise in your list and it's only beneficial to you and not the other way around. Um, if you can structure it like, I've, I'm, I'm more than happy to pay to be in other people's newsletters, but the people I've spoken to so far have just said, well, hey, if we can be in yours and you can be in ours, we'll just do that for free. Like that that's free marketing. Yeah. And a great way of growing your list. And again, it's it then means that people who see that in like their newsletters are then choosing to join your list because they've kind of hit your landing page, they've read what you're doing. So, so I think like having it's one of the things that I put on my my video. I've just just um, shot today actually. Like it doesn't again, it doesn't cost you much other than a bit of time just to sit down and write one weekly email. And when I say a weekly email, I literally mean a couple of paragraphs about a certain topic that week. You don't have to put together a massive newsletter with here's links to this and links to that and like three articles, just just one simple thing, because that way people will actually digest it and read it. I think we had this with our um, the printed newsletter we did in our MSP. Our printed version newsletter was four double pages, solid pages, so like eight pages um, long. That was like the whole newsletter. And it was super easy. You could like digest it with, you know, a coffee and a Kit Kat or something. And um, you're not flooding people with a 16-page newsletter that you have to kind of thumb through and people get bored, they don't read it, and then they throw it away and forget where they put it. It's just, yeah, super easy, really easy digestible content that's, um, that's again, it's useful and interesting to whoever's reading it. So for MSPs putting the content out, it yeah, certainly technology things that are going on, like how AI could you know improve your business and how you could write blog posts with AI, but also things on how, you know, here's a few tips on how you could be saving money or like the Microsoft 365, like here are 10 things you're already paying for that 365 already does for you for free. Just things like that, that you could put into an email newsletter every single week and give them like that one, one little tip every week that they can digest and take away. And Pete, can we have less talk of Kit Kats, please? Because Scott's talking about Scotty. You're talking about Kit Kats. My stomach is rumbling now. Andrew, do you want to join in? Have you got a donut or something there? Dude, I'm gluten-free, so I hate you both. So, yeah, I'm gluten-free because of health. So, yeah, can't eat any of it. Anyway, yeah, we, we could fight about that. Um, I think, you know, I uh, we always think, and again, I did this in my MSP, we think we've got to do something grandiose. We've got to, you know, do this absolutely over the top marketing in order to get results. Um, but we're talking about simple things that I skipped for a long time in my MSP, you know, yeah. taking the time to write a simple email news like that is very low cost. And if you're an MSP and you're in the tech tribe, you have absolutely free a full fledged CRM tool with growably like the excuses to be able to automate and do things for for you are gone. Um, and like I said, that, that tool is there for you. So we talked about segmenting, lead generation, list building. Those are all things that we don't have an excuse for anymore. The tool's there. You've got a free tool to be able to use. Um, so let's, let's talk up a little bit about, uh, I'm going to answer Stephen ask a question. He said, would you make the, what you do the most prominent text on all the pages or just the homepage? i.e. would you include IT support on a cybersecurity landing page? So we're coming back to the website a little bit. I thought we would just kind of answer Stephen's uh, For me, question. I, I did this with our website at the time that was just the, obviously got your, like, your logo at the very top, just having a tagline of, ours was just literally, I think it was IT support and services. Uh, what was it now? I, IT services for businesses in 
West Sussex and Hampshire, which is where we were targeting our clients. Just something easy to read like that, because you don't want to then distract from the rest of the content that's on that page. So just a, just a, just a short, sharp tagline like that. I think for me, it's um, it's all about having the right landing pages. So I think each landing page should be specific to what the topic is. So if you have a page that's around cybersecurity, you know, you've got to have your your hero message at the top, or you you know above the fold, as Pete says, you've got to clearly articulate what the value is that you're bringing, and not just the the techie nonsense. I think we always need a lot of clarity around having more calls to action. So I think that's something I've learned. And you see any of these story brand or story yeah story brand type websites, it's always you know big big splashy thing here with a, a short you know nice image short bit of text. Here's a call to action. Here's one, two, and three things you might want to know. Here's a call to action. Here's a bigger piece of text you might want to know. Here's a call to action. And if you consistently keep doing that, you're, you're giving value, you're telling them what you do, you're showing what you do rather than just telling them a lot of that. And then I think it's always fine at the very, very bottom of the page to go, hey, we also do this, 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 and, and you will just link to each of your other services. So it might be you know, cybersecurity, it might be IT support, it might be Wi-Fi installations. Because the, the readers landed on that page because that was the thing they're interested in. If they get to the bottom of the content and there's some other stuff, they, actually, no, I'm interested in that too. And then that page is focused on you know your, your Wi-Fi surveys or whatever it is, how you take care, putting the best Wi-Fi into you know their businesses to make sure that it's always bulletproof. And again, that's what the whole page is about. At the bottom, we also are pretty awesome at this, 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 and this. And then they might just click to one of those. But I think I, I would you know, make the, the subject of that page the most prominent text, make the entire page focused on it and always specifically what's the value you're giving, not what's the technical problem that you're solving and then link to your other stuff at the bottom. I think that's, that's how I like to see things like that in, in MSP and in tech and in anything else I'm looking for. That's, that's, you know, how I expect to see things laid out and, and it's, you know, it, it makes for a really good experience. I think. Let's say we've got, 48 minutes into this episode and we've not yet mentioned artificial intelligence now we normally do that within the first 30 seconds of every episode <laughs> don't we but i I've, and, and people are starting to say to me after watching these shows are you against ai or whatever i'm like no 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 because i'm, I'm always like and they say oh don't get carried away with it and all those sort of things absolutely not actually the things uh pete and scott and andrew are talking about um, and making sure you got the right copy this is an area where ai can help so there's a tool i was reminded of recently uh, by noah kagan over at AppSumo, and it's called um hello scribe uh, and it does a really good job of you feed it a bit of information and say like i want a landing page about this and of course you know as scott has just described um, good copywriting is a system of sorts. So AI is really good with systems. So it, it will churn out for you. Okay, here's a good headline for you. Here's a good, here's keywords that you should include and things of that nature. So this is an occasion where I do think I wouldn't rely entirely on what AI as output, but it really, it does give you a really good drive towards making sure your website, your landing pages and other things of that nature are following good copywriting system. Because how many uh, MSP websites have we gone to? And they talk about what they want to talk about, not what the customer wants to hear. They don't have call to actions and things of that nature. So there you go. I, I had to throw it in there, Andrew, the, the week where Richard actually said AI was a good idea. So, And again, we're talking about the most expensive thing that we've talked about so far. Yeah, has been camera. And I can't remember how much I subscribe cost. I'm just going to look it up there, but it, it's it's not an expensive tool. So yeah, yeah, AI is getting baked into everything. ClickUp uh, level up last week. ClickUp 3.0 is coming. 
It's going to have AI built yep. in. So, you know, uh, Notion already has AI tools built in. Uh, so those are a lot of tools that, that a lot of people use for content creation, myself included. Uh, so I think it's exciting what we're going to be able to do to at least lay out the format. And then literally all you need to do is just change it to your voice. Uh, and again, yeah. I think the the soup starter with getting something that is better than what we've got now is never been easier. Um, but again, we can start start that process with very low-hanging fruit. And then add those things that are a little more complicated, like video. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about uh, about that because I think for me, video has the power to to really bridge the trust gap for MSPs faster than anything else out there. Um, and and I've seen I've seen that, and we've seen a few cases where people are doing video, showing their personality. How much easier it is to quote unquote, close a sale when they go in and talk to somebody. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that for the last few minutes. It's just kind of the caveats with video. We talked about that. Um, but what what do you guys see as the pain points as to why people don't do it? And how can we help them get over that hump? Uh, I think from, I'll, I'll happily take this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think from video, it's quite clear on why people don't want to do it. Um, it's, I don't know what to talk about. I hate being on camera. I don't want to be the center of attention, you know, all those kind of usual things. Um, I'm shy, I'm embarrassed, whatever it might be. And honestly, I, even though we're all on camera now, we've all gone through that same process of hating ourselves and hating what we sound like and don't know what to talk about and uh, don't know how to use an editing software, all, all those things, everyone goes through those. But f for me, with doing video, and the reason why I started with, with video was because no one else was doing it. And I was like, hey, if there's a way to stand out, it's to do something that no one else is doing. So let's start doing video. And that immediately raises you above like all of your local competition because now you can start building that personal like relationship with prospects and clients and like everybody on social because you're literally sat there talking to them. There are so many uh, ways you can misread an email or a social media post, but you can't misread really, unless you're doing a very bad job, uh, a video. So I think just getting started with video is such a big, important part of a marketing strategy. Um, mirroring Scott's like huge success with that one he's had there. Like I've had some of my clients do um, uh, Marcus Dempsey, who I haven't spoken to recently, I need to catch up with him, but he made videos. I think it was it was sometime last year he hopped onto my like Discord channel and he was like, hey, I've just had three new clients this week and they've all come off the back of a YouTube video that I made exactly like Scott said, like a year ago. And that's yeah. three brand new clients in one week off of an old video. And I think his comment at the time was like, oh, maybe I should probably make some more videos. Like, yeah, maybe you should carry on making some more bloody videos because it's working. Um, and it's it's such a good time investment. Um, I'm not a big fan of like networking and events and those kind of things. I always find it really awkward being in a room full of strange people. And yes, there are ways, you know, if you can turn up first, then you're kind of forced to talk to people. There's ways of dealing with that. But I just found myself, exactly what Scott was saying earlier, my worst performed video on my whole channel was like, I don't know, 400 views or something. And that is like 400 times more than the number of people I would have spoken to at a networking event. So I yeah. just think, why spend the one, two, three hours at a networking event every week or how often you spend? Why not spend that making a video instead? And you can make a bloody good video with that time and then invest the time, like the 
And the £10 or £20 you spend every week at BNI breakfasts could go towards the lighting and audio and saving up for the camera equipment you need. MDF funding is huge for video and audio and those kind of things. Go to your vendors and ask for a grand or two grand, and they will literally give you the money to buy the stuff you need. And the only thing you have to really do to pay that back to them, I would say, is just bring them on, like include them in what you're doing. So run an events, run a promotion. If you've bought some video gear, then maybe bring them on and make a video together. If you bought some audio podcasting po podcasting gear, bring them on and do a podcast with them. That's like the that's essentially an event to them. It doesn't have to be in person. It's just a video or audio podcast instead. So there are plenty of ways of funding it, and there are plenty of ways of getting over the the barriers as well. The whole like I don't know what to say piece just it, it relates to all your marketing you're doing. Just basically you're saying the same thing you're doing in your emails, your newsletters, your website, your every time you go to an event, just you're saying the same things just via email instead. Um, one of the things that I've done as part of my video marketing course is I've literally piece together a year's worth of uh, fully scripted video content because I don't want people going, I don't know what to talk about when I've literally got a year's worth of stuff that I previously made and improved on that you can just take and use word for word or obviously update it and make it in your own language ideally. But that shouldn't be a, um, a barrier like I don't know what to talk about. And that's one of the easiest problems to fix. And I, I probably will uh, presume that everybody here uh, will agree with once you start coming up with ideas and topics, you kind of don't find an ending all of a sudden. Your list just gets longer and longer and you never run out of ideas. And, and that is yeah. a thing like, so just get started and you will find things just, I always started with this short list and I never ever reached the bottom of that short list because other stuff then started coming in. I'm like, oh, there's a news thing that's just happened or someone's been breached and hacked. Let's talk about that. So you just you just never end with content. And it's one of the, one of the greatest things about making content is there's always plenty of content to make. Yep. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, Brandon, Brandon Moreau said his main problem is getting started with marketing. He's been hesitant on cold emails for the U.S. He said, but I will say about my LinkedIn, uh, yeah, he must have taken my course over on the Tech Tribe. His connection, acceptance rate, and search results have been night and day. Again, you talk about another free tool, way below $1,000. If you're on Sales Navigator, I think it's literally like $100 a month maybe uh, here in the U.S., um, yeah, it's, it is the largest self-updating database in the world. And, you know, you talk about, and when you weave in that video content, like when you stick out like a sore thumb, I mean, and that is a good thing when you're scrolling through LinkedIn content and you see video, it jumps out. Um, Absolutely. I was going to say just, just, to add in there, just to like get, getting people started with doing video. Um, I know Nigel's a big fan of this on, on Tech Tribe, and there's a few other apps, but download an app called Bonjoro, and you can, oh, yeah. I think, pay like 30 bucks or 40 bucks a month or something. And you literally, open, I'm trying to open it up without showing any email addresses, but um, let's have a look. Uh, that should be all right. Let's record now. Uh, okay, I'm going to cover it up. Literally, you, just, you start it up, and it starts shooting a video, and you can just point it at yourself, and you can just say, hey, thanks for joining my newsletter. Thanks for signing up as a client. Thanks for registering for our webinar or whatever event you're doing. You just want to send a very, very quick and short video message back to them to say thank you. If you need any help, just reply back and let me know what I can help you with. Just something super, super simple and short like that. And that just starts getting you more comfortable on doing video. And even after doing video for like two or three years with the YouTube videos I make, starting to do this was really awkward because again, it's like, it's live, there's no cuts. It's, you know, I have to don't make any mistakes. Um, but you get better over time and that's the main thing. And I've had some fantastic people have replied back with a video 
and they'd be like, this is horrible. I hate sending this video to you, but I'm going to give it a try. And it's so nice to see that. And I, I, I need to jump in on two things here. Um, one, lifelong iPhone user has finally switched to an Android because that, <laughs> that looks like an S23 Ultra. So I'm just, I'm just going to leave that there. We don't have time. Um, but two, one of, one of the nice ways to get into um, video is actually like live webinars on LinkedIn because yeah. you're so used to doing that customer pitch. You know, when you go out to a new customer meeting and you put the presentation up and you go through it, there is nothing wrong with you doing something similar, but you know, less salesy, but actually going through something live on LinkedIn and the forgiveness is there. People don't expect it to be perfect and edited to death and the audio might go in and out and it, it might not be a hundred percent, but people have that expectation with a webinar that's not always going to be perfect. I mean, the glossier you can make it amazing. I mean, look at, you know, look at what Andrew produces every week with this show, but it doesn't have to be this level to start with. But again, you're standing out head and shoulders above the other people who aren't doing video. You're taking the pressure off yourself to be perfect and get your lines perfect. And you're comfortably talking about something that you know inside and out anyway. You know, it's it's that pitch that you do or it's that product that you you do or that service or the way you help. You might even at some point choose to do a uh, just a quick video interview with a client as a case to say, hey, you know, how did we help you? What were the three things that, you know, the three problems that we really solved when we worked together to help your business? Super powerful because suddenly you've got another person saying how awesome you are and being an advocate for you in front of everyone else. That's, that's always a really cool thing to do. But I just think live webinars are great. Again, I would just stress that you should go and manually invite people. So again, use a VA, use, use someone in your organization if, you know, if it's not you to go and manually connect out to people who are in your prospect uh, range, you know, the type of client or type of person that you want on there and go and personally invite them to those webinars because just sticking it on LinkedIn and hoping they'll show up won't work. And, and we know this because we did one recently last week, I think, and we originally had 26 people signed up. Um, and then we went and did a lot of manual outreach. And we had over 120 people, I think, um, signed up to attend in the end. So just don't rely on the algorithm. Don't don't run a webinar with just 20 people. I mean, maybe do, but go and do the outreach. Target the people that you want to connect with. Make sure you've got some value to give in that LinkedIn live stream and go and ask them to come and watch. And you might just build yourself a prospect, but really easy on you and a great way to start in video too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned that. I started doing Friday jam sessions. I just wanted to, you know, it's my fr Friday decompress. I play house music, I get on there, and all I do is answer questions that people have or questions that I've got during the week. And that's it. What you, what's interesting with that, I've not gone live twice on a Friday, and I've gotten messages. People were like, hey, I missed the Friday jam session. I've got people that will watch it on Saturday mornings. They'll watch Friday's replay. And I've gotten two customers over the last month. I do no selling on that at all. It's literally all I do is just get get on there, answer questions about setup, gear, click up, like whatever and ever. But it's that for simple format is it's fun and engaging. And like I said, I just started with an idea to like let's just see where this goes. Like that is by far the most engagement that I have on live streams. Um, yeah you know, so we're going to keep doing it. And, but that simple format, like I don't script it. I just get on there, interact with people and you're like, okay, who cares? Nobody's on there. When we start, I start answering questions that in showing people how to do things. 
And then when people join, you can keep the conversation going just like we're doing here. Um, yeah, it, it, Brandon said, yep, thank you, Scott. It may, I may just take the leap. Um, but again, Pete touched on that. If you want to do something that nobody else is doing, that is it. And again, I don't, I don't foresee the, the, the pool being full anytime soon with people doing video. No, I think they no. Um, and Brandon, Brandon, if you do send me a link, I, w- I want to see. D- definitely here. do it, man. It's been game changing for our business. Yeah. Well, I've I've heard a few times of the. Um, I don't want to be like the face of the company, and uh, like I, I don't want to be the one that's like promoting things, and it, it it really confuses me. And I'm just like, what? So you don't want to build a personal relationship with your prospects and clients? Is what I hear. Um, it's, it's, it, there's no other way I can think of it because I've seen through the like the YouTube world the channels that have different people appearing every single week or they're a faceless channel, you don't build any form of relationship with those channels. Um, so I think right. as an IT business and you're trying to build, like certainly most IT and MSPs are like very local. They try and build up a local um, you know, connection and all their clients are mostly quite local as well. Why wouldn't you want to build a friendly like face that everyone gets to know and like and love and trust and, and that whole thing? So, um, if you don't like it and you know this, this is why actually when we opened up i didn't go with video because i know it's way outside of a lot of people's comfort zones but i mean we've all basically said it it's one of the best things you can do for, for your business so why wouldn't you do it uh, um it's just yeah it's, I, I keep coming up against that of like the yeah i, I don't want to be the face like why 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 not like what, what have you got to lose yeah it's, you're going to be the one in the in that sales meeting you know, to close the deal if, you know, so it's like, why, why wouldn't you want to make that as easy as possible on yourself? I think perhaps people have some misunderstanding that I love my own face and love being in, in like the face of things. And I really don't. <laughs> it's just, like I said, I'm going to suck it up and get over it because it works. And and now I've discovered it has worked. I'm even more passionate about it. Yeah. Um, very, very quickly on Scott's comment on the live streams and Andrew's comments on the live streams as well. If you're feeling like really nervous and you don't want to like, because I struggle with the live stream to start with because I don't want to sit there and talk to myself for an hour because you know no one's following me, no one's going to really care about my live stream and probably no one's going to hop on. So I'm going to have to like pre-prepare something to kind of talk about. The other option is, and again, this kind of fits in with your MDF funding and things as well, is do the MDF funding, bring a vendor on or a supplier on, chat with them. So that can be like your first one or two shows so you're getting kind of into things. Then invite your dream list clients. So if you're building up a, a, like a list of clients locally of people you'd love to work with, invite them into your office, invite them into your show and onto your podcast. And if you can live stream that, then great. And you can still take questions and answers from the audience as that kind of audience grows. But initially, at least you've got somebody there to talk to and you can just talk back and forth. And whilst you're doing that, now you're getting to know them, they're getting to know you, you can ask them questions about their business what technology do they use? Have they used technology to grow their business? How do they market themselves? You can just learn a ton of stuff about them, which only adds to your case when you're like, oh, hey, we'd love to do your IT. Or like the next time our contract's due for renewal, wonder who they're going to phone because they've been you know building a relationship with you. So I think that's a really, I like live streaming. I'm a huge fan of live streaming. I don't do it, but I'm a huge fan of it. Um, and if I was running an MSP, I would be doing it because we were doing it before. And it was um, it was fantastic. It's just nice to nice to do the live stream and also i'd like had quite a lot of fun with i just set up a um a mobile phone with instagram live on in the background so it's like a if you want to see behind the scenes and you just see us like all scratching our heads the uh, five minutes before the live stream starts because going what there's no audio like the cameras you know, turning all the cameras <laughs> on like 
to get to see that that would like the instagram was like that's where you go for behind the scenes stuff of my company whereas the youtube was like the professionally produced this is what it looks polished uh, like so yeah just might, might help a few people that are getting into like the live streaming or video and just want, want to get a start without being a bit nervous about it yeah. I know we're coming near to the end of the time, Andrew. I just want to address the point that loads of people tend to have at this stage, which is nobody's going to turn up. Nobody's going to read what I'm writing. Nobody's going to be interested in what I've got to say. So, like, I remember feeling that way. And, you know, I've been blogging now for, like, 20-odd years, 5,000-plus blog posts. And I was speaking to somebody about this today, saying, you know, that feeling when you put something out into the world and crickets, you don't hear anything back. And that's the way it is for a lot of the time. But then you have this amazing situation where, and as an MSP, I can remember this happening, like two, three times uh, in, in quick succession, somebody will get in touch with you and say, hey, I want to speak to you about doing business. And you say, okay, where did you come across us? Oh, I've been reading your blog for the past three years. So they never put their hand up and said, hey, I'm here, I'm looking at it. But please have faith that A, if nobody's reading or nobody's watching, you're at least getting the valuable repetitions out of doing the work, building the content. And B, there's a cumulative effect to that. People do not come forward until they've really got to know, like, and trust you. But when they do come forward, you have built up a heck of a lot of uh, trust with them there. So don't for a minute think that producing content is failing just because you can't see the metrics that anybody's looking at it. This stuff, as the guys have sent, is evergreen and it builds trust and the payoffs do come and then they come again and again and again and again. Yeah, I don't, sure. I don't suggest, I, I know we're really late on time, but one last point as well is trolls and, and haters and things like that. You, yeah, you, you put yourself out there and someone's gonna judge you because hey, it's the internet and everyone's got an opinion. Um, Last week, I think we had one of our Microsoft videos and someone wrote on it, this guy clearly wanted a job at Microsoft, but didn't get through the selection process. And I was like, wow, okay. Um, another one, we spent like a, a good day filming like a great piece of content, real, really, really helpful stuff on how to deal with a particular problem. First comment, useless video. I was like, Dude, I mean, we we couldn't have put more into it, into what you needed to get out of it. I don't understand, but just do not feed them. the troll. Don't go back to oh, them because these are the people, these type of people. Let's have a look at your YouTube channel then. Let's see how that's doing. Oh, you don't have one. That's fine. Yeah, I was reminded of this recently, uh, Scott. I don't know if you're uh, familiar with this phrase, never wrestle with a pig because the pig will enjoy it and you'll get covered in muck. <laughs> that seemed like a good outro we should just clip that that'll be our our, our clip for this episode <laughs> don't wrestle with the pigs so any other you know final parting uh motivation for msps uh you know to really help them get started with something that doesn't like i said the most expensive thing we talked about was the camera and in, in a microphone the rest yeah, of this stuff I mean we're talking about a few hundred dollars literally use the resources that are in front of you like we we talk about tech tribe so much this is our cyber essential security brochure uh for business owners we did not write a single word of this we simply recolored it in our brand logos and stuck our logo on the front and sent it out and it's it's an amazing resource it's free inside the tech tribe it cost us about 40 pounds so maybe 50 dollars to print like 50 of these and this is really high quality like material. People see these and they're like, oh my God, that's amazing. Use the resources that are there. Again, 
you might look at that inside the tech tribe and go, well, it's a brochure. Oh, everyone's going to print them. And every time I go to a C client, they're going to have one of these with someone else's branding on. Not happened to me yet. But people won't do it. That's the thing. They won't do it. They'll look at it. They'll go, that's a great resource. Oh, I bet everyone's doing it. And then nobody does. We have. It's, yeah. it's a great resource. Use what's right in front of you. Any other? I, I would spend $1,000 on hiring an Airbnb in a beautiful part of the world. I would go there with a ton of books and I would uh, watch Pete's videos. I'd watch Scott's videos. I'd watch Andrew's videos. I'd watch Carl Palachuk's videos. I'd watch Nigel Moore's videos. I'd read books and you'd get more value. Don't, don't forget Andrew Moon's videos. <laughs> I said Andrew Moon's videos. <laughs> but you get more value at that. There's, it, it is not shortage of info that is holding MSBs back at this stage. It's shortage of time to absolutely absorb it and then implement it afterwards. So do yourself a favor. Go and listen to these very smart people and, and read the books, follow the videos. It's all there for you. you, you again, great point, Richard. Sorry, so long on this episode. Your, your $1,000 might be... Hiring yourself a VA to offload tasks so that you yeah. have more time to do this stuff and do it well. That might be what you need the thousand dollars for. Sorry, yeah. I'll shut up. I'll shut up. We've gone on. Pete, one more. I know we're way past. Scott pretty much touched on it, but if you had a thousand a month, then something like a marketing apprentice I would go for, which is a UK specific thing, but like an intern, I guess, is the American version. But um, getting the help in to help you do that because. Yeah, certainly in this country, you can hire a marketing apprentice. I've never, don't think I've, no, I've never seen a marketing apprentice go wrong so far. Let me know if you've got any horror stories, but every person I know who's hired a marketing apprentice within their business, they've been able to deliver far more value back in return. They, <laughs> they all want me to say that yeah, Kaylee's a horror story because she's right here, but she's not. She's been amazing. <laughs> she's Kaylee off camera at the moment, Scott. She's, she's right there. Looking cheap. She's, right she's got the Nerf gun on him. Kaylee, right you're there, awesome. so. Look. She's got the biscuits. I did, I did a video interview. Hey, hey Kaylee. One, one marketing apprentice. I did a video interview with Kaylee the other day. She's absolutely awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. All right, well, that's going to wrap it. Like I said, we we probably could have gone two hours on this because we didn't even we didn't even talk about lunch and learns. We didn't talk about like any other small things that make big impact. Why do you have to keep mentioning food? You keep talking about food. Zoom in on that and show show Scott's uh, Claudio box boxes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Again, if I'm going to if I'm going to spend a thousand dollars to make an impact on a high level prospect, I'm going to drop on things like that. We, we've got 30 of these all with everything custom in there for a thousand pounds. So every, everything that's in there, 30 of those, a thousand pounds. Great, great impact boxes. Yep. For <laughs> Definitely sure. Brandon, more content for next time. Yep. Leave them wanting more. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap it for here. Thank you so much for all of you, uh, Brandon, uh, Stephen, uh, and the many others that joined us live. And those of you who are sharing your earbuds with us on the recording uh, for the podcast, we appreciate that. Uh, Brandon, uh, you want to reach out to Scott. He'll fill you in on what's in that box. Um, yeah, some absolutely good stuff uh, for marketing. So thank you guys for, the, like I said, the conversation was phenomenal. Uh, I always appreciate, I've got a few ideas, like I would not have thought the stock video thing or the stock photo hiring, like yeah. just simple things yeah. that make a huge impact over time. Um, but yeah, we probably, maybe we will do a follow-up episode on this. Maybe we'll do like some things that cost between five hundred and a thousand dollars. 
everything we've pretty yeah. much talked about today is less than 500 bucks. Uh, so very, very yeah. simple things. So that's going to do it for us. We will see you all next week on Wednesday, another hump day. Um, it is time change week this week in the United States. So this Saturday we spring ahead. So yeah, I'm going to be jacked up for next week. So with losing an hour <laughs> sleep, but yes, we will see you at 11 a.m. Eastern time next week, uh, which I think it will be now. What will that be for no, you guys next week? 4 p.m. 4 p.m. Okay, so it'll be PM. all right. So we're still good. And I've so. just said that, and it could be completely wrong. So don't, I think we changed the week after. So yeah. we'll, we'll figure it out. I hate. I, I, they were supposed to end Check this here in the United States. Yeah. yeah, but they haven't yet. So. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and uh, log off of here. It's good talking with you guys. Everybody else, have a safe week. Uh, hopefully no crazy weather again here in the United States. And we will see you all next week. Adios.